Snuggle into your jammies and don't forget to plug in those nightlights. Because this episode, we're coming to you live from a trundle bed to tell you a ghoulish bedtime tale about the most commonly over-diagnosed mental disorder and Kristen's lifeblood, generalized anxiety. If you were hoping for a bunch of heated rants about the DSM-5 and how anxiety is meant to be a diagnosis of exclusion, you're in luck because we're all fired up and clip-tromping full steam ahead. And nothing short of a stronger, faster horse train is going to stop this horse train, so don't even try. Also, Grace shares a spite-fueled little accomplishment. Kristen doesn't trust the mail. We bicker about socks despite sharing the same sock values and more. At some point, we promise we'll take the time to actually finish a series that we already started. But until that day comes, we must insist that you enjoy yet another part one of a shiny new series all about anxiety. They said that we'd grow out of it. Well, the joke's on them, that's just our brains. We're eccentric, loud, and stubborn. And most of our clothing is covered in stains. It's not a deficit of attention. There's just too much to think about. So if executive dysfunction becomes a little too much, if you forgot why you came in this room, or you're hypersensitive to touch, then put on your seamless socks and come join our little flock. Bitches stimming together, we're weirds of a feather. Weirds of a feather. Ah! All right. All right. And here we are. Okay. Ugh, let me get comfy in yeah, this super uncomfortable uh, fucking chair. That looks cool. It looks cool, and that's all that matters. No, it's not. The comfort <laughs> matters much more. You know what we need just to get? you seeing the chair. Is those, like, lazy boy recliners. Oh, yeah. But, like, maybe if we get one that's, like, pre-broken in, so it's all nice and comfy. Yep. And then we can just like basically lay down. I guess if I like reclined, I'd fall asleep mid podcast. What if we got some bunk beds and we actually do lay down and we just record and from we our just bunks? Just take a nap. Oh, well, yeah, that could be a mid episode nap. Yeah, a little siesta. Edit that out. No, I'll keep it in. So then, if you're listening, you can take an hour long nap along with us. Uh, but I think it would be really good for our recording style if yeah. we just like were to fully lay down, fully just embrace record on the floor yeah embrace what we wanted to do all along yeah i mean who really needs to sit upright i can no talk one. and lay it's down at the same time yeah. it's a myth little <laughs> known fact you don't actually ever have to sit up no nah. it just looks nice <laughs> we do it for formality's sake <laughs> right i've got a warm-up and this is kind of a basic warm-up question okay but remember what we're doing first before we just like jump right into a warm-up question first yeah. we probably want to say like who we are oh shit Every what time. this podcast is you know what it's been a while since i've been in the pod pod loft pod. you never had it to begin with yeah. so it's, i don't know if time <laughs> is the problem here i think it's more i don't know your brain uh yeah probably all right. So, like always, I'll jump on this one and I okay. will say welcome to Weirds of a Feather, an ADHD adjacent podcast. I'm your host, Grace. And I'm your host, Kristen. See, I guess as a podcast consumer, before we started, yeah. I never really understood why they had to say it every single time. But I feel like it's just something you have to do, you it's, know? It's, yeah, Even yeah. though, like, the listeners selected this episode, they know who we are. Right. 
It's formalities. Yeah. That's what we're all about. We're formal people. We are all about formalities yep. here at Weirds of a Feather. That's fun one fact, of our we both basic wear tenants. Monocles, even though our vision is normal. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen wears too. Yeah. <laughs> formalities. Formalities. Yes. And <laughs> speaking of formalities, Kristen, yeah. do you wanna do you have an official formal opener opener question for us? Warm up question. Warm up question. That's the term. Yeah. What is your current safety food? Current safety food. I'm having a lot of protein shakes right now nice. as I'm going through a big protein shake phase. Nice. I still haven't quite managed to figure out exactly what to eat during the day now that I'm on Adderall. Mm-hmm. My appetite is still being pretty suppressed and I kind of have to still make myself eat. So it's like, yeah. what can I make myself eat during the day? Uh, so protein shakes are kind of my big one. I mean, cheese sticks are my forever, my forever guy. He's always there Mm -hmm. by my side faithfully. (laughs) So I always have cheese sticks and then yeah, protein shakes. Yeah. What's yours? So I am not on Adderall, but I also have a decreased appetite from getting the double whammy of COVID and flu. That was fun. I still don't have like a great appetite from that, Mm. but I can always eat ramen noodles. Nice. And lately I've been eating a lot of trail mix. Mm, yep. Um, lots of protein in there, among other things. Yep. I love like, I love the trail mix. Like chocolate chips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What else? Uh, <laughs> raisins. Although yours had golden raisins. is pretty impressed. Pretty that, fancy. I'm going to have to figure out where you got that trail mix because that's top notch. That's quality. That's high quality of trail mix. I'll never tell. <laughs> um, I just, that reminded me that another one of my safety foods that I saw someone on TikTok talking about this tiktok talking about this actually is uh peanut m&ms like you sampled downstairs yes because during the day like i said i have a hard time getting myself to eat like solid foods yeah and but i can always eat a handful of peanut m&ms and then at least i'm getting something in my belly you got peanuts in there you got a little protein right see give me a little sugar boost with peanut m&ms my issue is i have a hard time stopping yes uh that would that would be that would destroy you yeah it'd be a disaster yeah that's the end of the day for yeah. you you gotta go home you got a belly yeah <laughs> you have way too many peanuts I, you know what it's it's happened before i eat too much sugar and then i'm like wow i feel like garbage i wonder what happened you gotta you gotta put them in little portions you gotta put them in bowls right. ian and i stopped letting ourselves bring the whole bag into the living room right for when we watch tv and we now have to pour out a little bowl mm-hmm. just so you're more aware of you know not just blacking out and eating the whole thing yeah because you don't want a bellyache you know no no i feel like garbage 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 yeah but those are a good little uh little grab and go yeah if you, you know if you're really struggling with getting yourself to eat that's great yeah. great advice thank you yeah well we've got an episode today <laughs> yes we do in yeah. fact have an episode that was nervous it. about it Uh-oh. oh are you anxious always uh <laughs> I just, I run on anxiety. Yes, you do. I do. That's, uh, we're going to talk about it because today, uh, part one of many, uh, we're going to start an anxiety series. So, (laughs) we're so excited. So excited. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be great. We're going to have a lot of laughs, a lot of giggles, a lot of tears. Um, and yeah, so, so today it's going to be about anxiety, a little less about ADHD. We'll get there. Um, but I feel like we all just need a baseline of anxiety, what it is, what's going on in your brain. Yep. 
And then we'll do another part where we talk about how ADHD specifically yeah. ties in with anxiety. Exactly. Yeah. I, we're cool. going to get to it. But today we're just, everybody needs a baseline and that's what we're going to do. Yep. But first, should we get into our little accomplishment? I think we should. Oh. No. oh. <laughs> Why are we doing these voices? I oh, I kind of like it. <laughs> Little accomplishments, but big in our hearts. Yay. Sounds much better when we're in the same room. Oh, yeah. It's almost like we're coordinated. Yeah. Much better. Yeah. Uh, you want to go first? You want me to go first? I would like to go first. Okay. <laughs> okay. Please. That's great. Uh, my little accomplishment. Well, I have a few little accomplishments that are actually kind of bigger accomplishments uh, that I was going to do. And then I realized I had a real win this morning. So my little accomplishment is that I wrote a strongly worded letter this morning to the fucking insurance company. Yes. Stick it to them. Because they charged me 600 and something dollars for an old insurance plan that I thought was going to be canceled. Once I selected a new insurance plan, that's much more affordable for 2023. They still charged me the old one. I, I got myself to call and cancel, which is like such a big deal for me to make a phone call. Right? Me? Yes. Make a phone call? Oh, my. Me? That would have been it for me. Yeah. I would have gone home. So not only did I make this phone call, she was able to cancel the policy, but for some fucking, this seems just like a trap to just get people to like abandon this task. Right. But I refuse because I'm mad at this fucking whenever, system. Whenever it comes to the insurance companies, you cannot abandon the quest. Use spite as your motivation. Right. It really feels It's a great motivator. Yeah, it feels you. Because she's like, I can cancel your policy so you won't be charged for the, the rest of the year. But in order to get your refund for the 600 and whatever dollars that they that we charge you for January, you have to write, you have to put it in writing, write a letter and send it what is to this, the headquarters. The 80s? I know. What do you want me to Dear fax it insurance over? company. It's just like I'm, why? So I had to, you know, write a letter and send it to San Antonio, Texas that seems to the so unnecessary. headquarters to get my you refund. You couldn't even email it. It no, had to be in person. In writing. She because she said it needs to be in writing. And so I was thinking, okay, email. And then like she started hand? then she started giving me a P.O. box. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? What is I have to write a letter? How I mean, do you spell that? <laughs> I mean, I typed it. I didn't physically write it with my hand, but still. I, so I set up the printer. I was so mad. I was like, so you can cancel it, but I have to write in, like, what is this, Planet Fitness? Right. Bullshit. It's just no, a way Planet to- Fitness, you just wait for your credit card to expire, and then that's how you get rid of your membership. Or- That's I'll what I did. Get your credit card stolen. Yeah. Lose it on the ground. There you go. Lots of ways to do that. Yeah. So I guess I could have done that with the insurance company, but that'd be a whole thing. And yep. I was fired up. And so I wanted to, I'm, I'm going to write this letter and stick it to them and show them, you there know? There you go. Proud of you. Uh, so I was going to put off this task and save it for later, but I was like, you know what? You're fired up right now. Use this energy to fuel you, to get you to write this letter right now. I set up the printer. I typed out my letter. I took pictures of our new insurance cards to show that we were covered for 2023. Nice. And I printed out my letter, printed out the pictures of the cards, put it in an envelope, and now I just need a stamp. And there you go. Yeah, and I did that all today, which normally that would have taken me, you know, forever to do. And, and you're still doing stuff. I would have. Yeah, I, that would have been. Going. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, That's I'm proud of myself. Thing. I know. It, it what does the been... letter say? Dear insurance company, I hate you. <laughs> there seems to be a bit of a miscommunication here, yeah. Anthem. Uh, no. Get I... it together. Who uses the mail? I know I should do a PS like this system is bullshit. This policy is bullshit, but I really want that $600. So like, please give me my money back. Yeah. 
anyway, that was my little accomplishment. Yeah. But my big accomplishment was that uh, my mother-in-law, Judy, Ian's mom, came down and visited, a, visited us for the weekend. And she did so much to help us get the house set up and help us clear out the living room that was full of clutter. Or I mean the dining room. Finally set up a dining room, get some chairs, have a place to eat with guests, clear off the front porch. Like she just came Holy in like moly. a whirling dervish and was like, let's do this. Let's do this. And Ian and I have just been struggling for so long. And she really just helped us out so much. Yeah. Maybe we could start a business and someone should start. Maybe us rent a Judy. Rent a Judy. (laughs) Cause she likes order. You know, she's one of us. She has ADHD. One of us. (laughs) So she understands, you know, she's not judgmental about it, but she also likes to have organization. So she's like, she's the perfect person to do it. And she was such a big help. And we're just like, so grateful to her that's great yeah yeah your house looks great i didn't want to uh not give a shout out to judy in place of my pride over me writing this letter so they're They're, both accomplishments they're both accomplishments yes i'm fascinated about how the mail works (laughs) like isn't that crazy that you can just mail never stops like you you write you know in theory an address down and then somehow through a series of events like there's no technology like i guess there's technology but like I not, just, not a ton. Not you know? a ton. Like the mail's been around forever. People have been using this before computers. It's a very manual job. You kind of have to have people do it for now. Right. I mean, who knows? Like I when um I hired someone to cut down a tree for me in my yard and they were like, Oh, you can just mail us a check. And I'm like, Isn't that dangerous? <laughs> and they're like mail fraud or oh, whatever. What? No, it's not it's how business is done. Isn't that dangerous? <laughs> it's way less dangerous than using technology. I guess so, but I was just like, I've paid all my bills online, you know? I never technology is much more susceptible to like hackers. No one's out like pushing your mailman down and I just feel the like anybody could have taken that envelope, but for some reason it got to the place it was supposed Who to go. Who could have taken it? The mailman. <laughs> Suspect number so one. just the mailman? No, you just don't trust just the mailman. Like, it's just like crazy that like no, I love our mailman. He's very nice. But He's, that doesn't mean you don't trust him, you know? Um no, I keep, I'm, I'm very worried. I'm very anxious about our mailman slipping and falling, delivering an, our mail on our property because it's a little bit of an incline. And I'm just like, what if there's black ice? He's a mailman. He's yeah, doing it's that like all one of the most dangerous day. professions in the United States is a mail person. More dangerous than being a cop. Yep. Anyway. Anyway. Damn it. If you didn't have to do your little accomplishment right yeah. now, I could have transitioned that anxiety about the mailman into yeah. our anxiety topic. But ugh, let me hear your little, yeah, little sorry. accomplishment first. I have to share something that I did. You should be sorry. I, I had a great transition. I was really proud of myself today for showering. That's my little accomplishment. <laughs> That's a good one. It is. I, you know I'm proud what? of you. We did a lot of housework this weekend and I didn't shower in my head. Nice. You know when you're when your bun in hurts your head because yes. you really need to it's been in a bun for too long but yep. you're like if i take it down it's just gonna instantly mat grease city it's greasy yeah. it's like the ends are dried and so yeah i shower not only did I shower i deep conditioned wow um man it it was a process. Your hair so. looks lovely. Thank you. I showered. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. And I'm proud of you. Yeah, I'm proud of myself. It was, it's, it's like, uh, lately that's been a struggle. Um, you have been very sick 
for a long time. Yeah, yeah. You're finally just now kind of recovering. Yeah, I don't know if uh, the listeners can tell by my lovely voice. I'm still in recovery. My patients keep making fun of me, which is, I love my patients because they're not afraid to uh, uh, knock me down a couple pegs. I like that. uh, One of my patients told me it sounded like I needed to see a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God we're in a hospital, sir. (laughs) He goes, uh, (laughs) I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, you do sound pretty hoarse. Yeah. But here we are. Here we are. You're alive and kicking. I'm, I'm proud of you. Yep. And you're showered. And I'm showered. I know. Look at yep. look at me. Look at you. <laughs> uh, yeah. But here we are. Let's get into the meat. Yeah. Let's transition into the meat. We don't even have we don't have an intro for the meat. It's the no. meat. Yeah. <laughs> it is the meat. It is the meat. <laughs> That's, That's our intro. intro. That's right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Unless I, our guest is vegetarian or vegan, it and then... is the fake meat. Yeah. Pseudo, the what did we even say? <sighs> meatless meat. It's the meatless meat. Yes. Yes. But this this meat is actual meaty. This is a thick, thick, thick steak of meat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> We're talking about anxiety. And I just, before before we really, really get into it, having anxiety is normal. This is like how humans have evolved to like be, it's normal to be fearful of things, you know? But when this fear and nervousness gets out of control, that's when we start talking about a disorder, and that's what we're going to talk about today. It's normal to be nervous before a big test. It's normal to be anxious about certain things that are either, you know, unusual to you or might be, you know, it's normal. However, when it turns into something that's affecting your everyday life, affecting your activities of daily living, and affecting your job and your social life, this is a disorder, and this is what we're we gonna be talking about today Mm, it's like with adhd where everyone has you know these some of these traits to a certain degree but everybody has a little bit of yeah everyone's a little adhd fuck off yeah Um, no everybody has a hard time paying attention sometimes everybody has gets hyperactive sometimes yes but it's when it like has an impact on your daily functioning right that it really becomes like the disorder i saw a tweet I think it was an ADHD tweet where it was saying, you know, if someone says like, oh, we're, well, we all do that. We all, you know, forget our keys sometimes or whatever. Said like, we all pee, but if you're peeing 60 times a day, that's different, <laughs> that's, you know? That's, that's a bit the, of an issue. Yeah, that's a disorder. <laughs> so I thought that was a good way to put it, you right. know? Yes. We all naturally feel anxiety. It's like a human thing we're meant to feel right. to keep us safe. It's a, it's a, yeah, to keep us safe. Yes. But if it's so like... we don't do something stupid. Yes. But if it's like bleeding over into like just the rest of your life where in times where you don't need to be kept safe, but you're still feeling this, right. then it becomes a problem. Then it's a problem. Yeah. There's also a million different subtypes of anxiety. There's panic disorder. There's social phobia. There's agoraphobia. There's uh, there's specific phobia. We're oh, talking- so, those, so those fall under anxiety? The, there's so many anxiety subtypes, uh. but then there's also what we're going to talk about today OCD. OCD, I've read several things. I've heard it's a type of neurodivergency and it's a type of anxiety disorder. And I just, I need to look that up more. Yes, that I would have, be one I would like to talk about too. But I have also heard, yeah, I, I have heard it called a neurodivergence where it's like a whole different right. brain structure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I've also heard it called an anxiety disorder. Mm. So or, don't, don't quote us on that. Yeah, we gotta, we, we gotta the, look into that. That one's, we gotta look that one up. Yeah. But Today, we're going to talk about generalized anxiety disorder. I think it's important. I think 
it's highly prevalent and we're going to talk about statistics and it's going to get a little boring, but bear with me. Um, don't set don't set it up like that. Well, it's not going to get boring. It's, it's, it's going to be great. Educational. It, it's going to be educational and everybody's going to have a great time. Just put on your thinking caps. Right? Get ready to, you know, use your noodle a little bit. We can do it. It's no composting episode. Yeah, yeah. It's not <laughs> all fun and games like compost. Oh, you know what? My sister-in-law listened. Not my brother, of course, but my yeah. sister-in-law listened to the composting episode wow. and then ordered me. <gasps> A home composter wow. so i don't have to use like one of those orange home depot buckets that was very thoughtful super of her super nice so adorable oh almost um, makes up for nick yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yes there's a million different subtypes of anxiety there's so many anxiety disorders we're going to talk about generalized anxiety disorder aka that, gad the gad the gad which is a disorder characterized in the dsm-5 we're going to get into it but first what is anxiety? I got most of my information from up to date, like any medical provider who doesn't really know what they're doing. No, um, <laughs> up to date is a great resource. It's like the Wikipedia, but legit for medical providers because um, they actually do have like legitimate sources. Um, and I love it so much. So it's characterized by this excessive and persistent worry that is difficult to control, causes significant distress and or impairment and occurs for more days than not for six months. So the key points of that little spam is it's excessive, it's uncontrolled, and it happens often for six plus months. Generalized anxiety disorder is one of the most common anxiety disorders. It's highly comorbid with depression disorder and other anxiety disorders such as panic disorder and social phobia and all those things. It is estimated that in the U.S. today, about 66% of adults with current generalized anxiety disorder, as in they have it right now, have at least one concurrent psychiatric disorder, which means it's happening at the same time. I read another st statistic that said look, for a lifetime, so it's not like you don't have generalized anxiety disorder right now, but you've had it at least once in your lifetime. People who have had it at least once in their lifetime, there's a 99% likelihood that they have another psychiatric disorder, mm. which is crazy. That is crazy. It's highly comorbid. Well, it makes sense. It if, totally if makes anxiety sense. anxiety is more like a symptom or a trait of right. this psychiatric disorder. Are ADHD and autism like considered? So I looked into, it didn't really say. I think for... In the span of like the research as in the medical studies, I think they are, because I know you and I talk about autism and ADHD as neurodivergencies. They're not mental health disorders, psychiatric, they're not a disorder. They're a neurodivergency. Well, yeah. They, yeah. They're called disorders, but right. they're not like, yeah, it's not like a it's not illness. Like it's schizophrenia. Not like, it's not like mental illness. Right, 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 right. So I, and I think in this setting, they are grouped into one. Hmm, okay. So. Those are pretty significant statistics. Scary statistics. Scary. <laughs> um, so if we get into the DSM-5 categorization, I know. But so, but I think it's important. I, <laughs> I know, think I'm it's, it's important because... I understand that the DSM serves a purpose. Yes. It serves a purpose, but it's also interesting to see how this is getting diagnosed in so many people mm. you know when you have crazy like 99 percent, 66 percent, that's a crazy amount of comorbidities and it almost makes me think 
are we diagnosing this correctly? No. We're going to get this. We're, we're going to get into it. Okay. I just, okay. Hold on. Never mind. Okay. okay. I, we I'm don't, who knows? We'll uh, find yeah. out. So here is the current way that providers are diagnosing generalized anxiety disorder. Number one, excessive anxiety and worry occurring more days than not for at least six months. So basically that means like it happens often and it has to for a long standing time. It's normal, like we said, to be nervous about like final exams. It's mm. normal to have that anxiety. It's not normal to be constantly worried about all of the things for an extended period of time. Is it normal to be worried that whenever your partner asks you to like drive somewhere with them and you turn them down, is it normal to be worried that now they're going to die in a car accident and it's all your fault because you weren't with them and you should have said yes and just gone in the car with them and maybe you could have prevented them from like driving through the red light or whatever? That's normal, right? I feel like that's a specific phobia and... Feels normal. It, <laughs> it feels like that's Sounds, just being alive, right? I feel right? like that's very specific. Um, I bet people can relate. Let maybe. me know. Let me know <laughs> if you're every time your significant other leaves the house, if you're worried they're going to die. That is. Is that just being a human or should I see someone? <laughs> I, I'm going to say the latter. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. mean, kind. No. All right. Okay. All right. Let's well, move on. Okay. Number two. Yep. Um, anxiety or worry is difficult to control. It's got to be difficult to control, which is like, isn't it always difficult to control? Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe there's not like the whole thing. Like, <laughs> I guess this was really confusing to me, but I'm trying to like think of it from someone who's never had anxiety before. Maybe like. Do people just go, well, maybe I just shouldn't worry about it anymore? Well, I think <laughs> now that I think about it, I mean, there are definitely people out there who have anxiety, but then also have good coping mechanisms. Like, that's the only thing I can think of is that, like, your anxiety is so out of control that you're not even able to, like, engage in some, like, calming strategies, because which I would point to you as what? that, you know, because you don't use any no, strategies I for it. your anxiety. Oh, yeah. No, I just well on it. Yes. Whereas, like, you know, I'm... I mean, I'm not great at it either. When I'm like in that tunnel vision of anxiety, right. I have a hard time breaking myself out of it. But I do, you know, I do have some techniques that I try to use like a cold, you know, taking a cold shower or using tapping or doing some like Wim Hof breathing. Um, whereas yours, I think, is to the next level where you're just so anxious. That's like no time to stop. I can't. Right. I just get I get stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just actually I did go to therapy a long time ago and she said it she called it a snowball effect. Mm. Whereas like the more you think about it, the bigger the problem is. Yes. And it then it's like a whole avalanche, you yeah. know. And I was like, well, that sounds about right. Yep. That's a good way to put it. Good thing there's nothing I can do about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So and then it has to be associated with the following, but not all of the symptoms, but most of these symptoms, which is a feeling of restlessness and on edge, which is like don't we all? Don't. Once again, don't we all? Don't we all? Do we not all? Right. Easily fatigued. Once again, don't we don't all? Don't we all? What? What? Who's just walking around here I with full energy? Full energy all the time. <laughs> I feel great today. <laughs> uh, difficulty concentrating or mind going blank, which is like. Well, that just seems like. Huh. I just. ADHD. Well, yes. I get that. Like, if you're anxious all the time, it would be hard to concentrate. But mm. I feel like this is what this is why a lot of people get misdiagnosed. Yep. With anxiety before ADHD, when really it should be the other way around. Yes. Irritability, 
muscle tension, sleep disturbance. And I feel like the last two is both incredibly common with ADHD. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Um, along with the my, the difficulty con- concentrating and the restlessness, feeling on edge, like half of these symptoms are also traits of ADHD, you know? Yeah, so why wouldn't you right. look at ADHD? So, so yes. Yeah, so <sighs> anyway, can we keep, or keep going? So <laughs> the anxiety worry causes significant distress or impairment in social settings or workplace place settings, which yeah. is fair. And then I think the last two are the most important and I kind of want to talk about them. Symptoms are not attributed to the effects of substance abuse or any other medical condition. So it can't be like, I just did like five lines of Coke. I don't know why I'm on edge. You know? <laughs> uh, for some reason, I feel a little jittery. <laughs> and then symptoms are not better explained by any other mental health disorder, which I think is very important. Like, yes. Why don't it's right. like they don't start there right. and that's where they should be starting. Exactly. So it should be. So technically in generalized anxiety disorder is a, is a diagnosis of exclusion, which mm. is, which means basically like you have to rule out everything else. And I know in like mental health, that's hard. We can't screen for like all of the things. But what if but we I, did some of the things? What if we did some of the things <laughs> rather than jumping to something like generalized anxiety disorder first? Because anxiety and depression are very common, like symptoms of ADHD and autism. Exactly. You know? Yes. So it's like it. Why? Yeah. Why would you jump why, to just this is an isolated anxiety disorder right. rather than first looking at are there other factors that would obviously make someone anxious right. trying to function in a society exactly. that's not built for their brain? Exactly. That's why I get so upset. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> why would you? Why is this so? In in all the statistics are saying like oh it's so prevalent, it's so common. Is it? Is it really common? And then and then apparently we're overdiagnosing ADHD, or maybe. It's something else. And I know my voice is cracking, <laughs> but I just get so worked up about it because I just think of all the people who have been misdiagnosed and then they were put on a dumb SSRI and then none of their like actual feelings and thoughts and, and traits are actually like being cared for. And they're just like, just take this pill. It's going to help. And like, maybe it does, but it probably doesn't because we're ignoring the co- the root thing yep and not only (laughs) sorry not only that but then you're also taking away their one probably coping mechanism where they're using that anxiety like you in college yes you were describing me yes where you were diagnosed with anxiety put on anxiety meds and you just kind of felt like my life fell apart it yeah, got worse because <laughs> because you weren't yeah you weren't treating the underlying problem of ADHD which is why you're feeling so anxious in the first right. place so then they're just like let's just take away the one thing that may be a maladaptive coping strategy but is a coping it's strategy still cope it still counts yes it still counts <laughs> it was the one thing like getting you through college right and then they took it away and it's like well now you have nothing because they're not giving you ADHD meds they're not right. like helping you with your executive functioning they just like took away your care yeah kind of. And I, I, and then, and then it's very, I feel like it's very dismissive, yes. you know, and I've even had, and I'm not going to say who, but I was very upset by it. But someone told me that they went and they talked about concerns for anxiety and in their provider literally told them like, well, everybody gets a little anxious sometimes. <laughs> so dismissive. What the and these fuck? are not the conversations we should be happening. Like if you're a provider and someone comes to you with complaints of that, you need to listen to them. And it just, it gets so I just, as a a patient and as a provider, I just, 
healthcare in America sucks, but yep. the providers don't have to be the reason why it sucks, you know? Oh, that's a good way to say it. It's it's like you have the power as an individual right. to like do better than the system set you up for. You know, maybe you do have to do your own independent learning on what ADHD and autism are right. or like these, you know, but really, like you said, it just comes down to like listening, you know, right. Like my mother-in-law, Judy, she works at a hospital and she does a lot of like, her job has to do with getting to like the root of a problem of like why the system is not working efficiently. Oh, and God. it's all about asking what a struggle. Yes. And it's <laughs> Where all do about, you even begin? <laughs> it's all about asking a bunch of why questions of, you know, continuing to ask why, 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 why. So if, yeah. So if someone comes to you and says that they're feeling really anxious, try exploring that and try getting to the root of the problem right. of why they're feeling anxious, because it's probably not just like, I don't know, everything's going great for me and the society's so well built for me, but for some right. reason I just feel on I edge. Just, yeah. It's like, no, I feel like I'm always behind. I can't get anything done. Everyone seems to be surpassing me. I can't even do basic chores or wash my hair or do the dishes. And Which also you know, <laughs> sound a lot like they all are very similar. It sounds when someone if someone came to me, it was like, yeah, lately I feel like I've been really struggling to be motivated. I have trouble, you know, just basic hygiene tasks. That sounds like depression, mm. you know, but may, but you have to like, you know, suss it out. Yeah, That's the whole point. And, you know, you just, I get so frustrated. But, I agree. And, and it's not, I, yes. Well, I mean, because it's right there, like you said, symptoms a, are not better explained by another mental health disorder. It's a diagnosis of exclusion. It's just like... It's lazy. It's, yes. And, well, yes. And yes. and I get that there's, you know, it, throw a pill at it. And, and sometimes, you know, as a provider, you know, you want to have a solution for your patients. I get that. I understand that. Because I always want to have solutions, but sometimes... The solutions are not just pills. And yes. and and you in sometimes it maybe it takes another appointment. Maybe you're like, okay, why don't you come back and we can further talk about this? Or here's a referral to someone who knows more about this than me. Mm, but yes, that's I true. Think, like, yeah, not just like if you don't know about it, that's okay, you know, right. but don't just shut someone down because you don't know about it. It's like, well, no, it couldn't be ADHD. You right. have good grades. I have a friend End of discussion. who's a provider. And I wish, sometimes I wish we weren't friends because she's a great provider and I wish I could go to her, but I can't. Um, but sometimes she'll have a patient bring something up that's not related to their visit that day, but, and she doesn't know quite a lot about it. Mm. She'll have them come back so she can do research in between. Mm. And then when she's, when they're back, she's like, okay, let's explore this more. Let's do, and she'll that's have, awesome. you know, yeah. and, and that's like, the right approach. That's right. a sign of intelligence. She's incredibly, she's like one of the smartest people I know. Yeah. Because being smart has to do with knowing where you don't know things right. and seeking out someone who's more knowledgeable than you, you know? Yeah. And so, and, and yeah, so this is why I get so frustrated because I like, I like how you tried to pretend this episode wasn't going to end in us just ranting, just shouting, <laughs> yeah. just shouting, just yelling about anxiety. It's going to be real boring. Even though we're on the same page, <laughs> we're both shouting, even though we agree with each other. And isn't this fun? <laughs> and are you guys having a blast? We told you this would be a fun, fun episode. All right. So that is the DSM-5 <laughs> categorization. And we love the DSM. And we have to move on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of there's been a lot of research in anxiety for you know because we can and just like ADHD and autism and all the other things you can have a genetic predisposition to generalized anxiety disorder 
Um, there's some data out there that suggests there's a change in the glutamic acid decarboxylase gene. What does that do? We don't know. No one knows. So, no, I think there's a lot of people who do <laughs> there's know. There's no way to know. Yeah, um, I'm sure there's a couple ways to know. God knows. <laughs> and then other data suggests maybe an increase in the frequency of the serotonin transporter gene. So kind of like our bowling for dopamine. <laughs> episode there's that transporter protein mm. in the synapse that brings all the serotonin molecules out of the synapse out of the space between neurons and brings it back to neuron number one so it can fire again mm, the ball return right right and if there's an increase in frequency of these genes some people have stated that oh maybe there's more balls returning so there's less of a signal going to neuron number two mm. you know because there's there the serotonin doesn't even have time to get to the neuron number two mm, it's, it's just, just like get, pinging just off. to like keep going through the ball return mm. huh, um that's a good way to explain it yeah there's also environmental factors and one day i would love to talk about generational trauma and epigenetics oh i'd love that <gasps> oh, <man. gasps> epigenetics uh <laughs> it's We're coming for you. such a cool it's Epigenetics, I think, is wild. And what epigenetics is, is basically environmental factors causing changes in your genome and your genetic structure, and that gets passed down. So there's been associations with trauma in early development, as well as recent stressful life stressful events that can cause these genetic changes. And then, you know, you pass down your genes. So mm. here's a gene for anxiety. Thanks, mom. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Right. So, so when I think there's a big community on TikTok that talks about like generational trauma, yep. which is I, I've seen TikToks that are talk more about the effects of generational trauma of the black community from, you know, dating all the way back to slavery yes. from white supremacy, having that yes. trauma. It lives in their genes. Right. You know? Yeah. Which is incredibly valid. And now we have the science to kind of suggest that. Um, yeah. Especially for people who say f slavery was 400 years ago. Get yeah. over it. It's like, that is, yeah. Generational right. trauma. That's passed like down. The, of course it is. Through your <laughs> genome, but also like not to talk about the financial aspects of... We don't have time We don't have time. Oh, my God. I just can't. There's no time. Back on track. There's no time. Losing your voice again. We shouldn't have started with recording this one because it's full of ranting. It is. Yeah. We're, we're going to get there. And you guys love it. Yeah. You guys are ha happy and you're having a good time. <laughs> the other thing is some people relate it to like having an overactive fight or flight response. And there's a study, and once again, all this information you can find on UpToDate, and we'll have the links to the articles yep. in the show notes. But there's a study that showed that people with generalized anxiety disorder tend to have kind of like negative interpretations or connotations to what the study called ambiguous material. And, I, and I'm guessing that just means like life events mm. or something and are just generally more vigilant of supposedly threatening stimuli. Which makes sense if you're, you know, in a survival mode. Yeah. You need to be vigilant. You need to figure out where are the threats yeah. for, you know, life preservation. And due to that, people have kind of explained. And, and someone explained, you know, when I was first diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, this was explained to me as, oh, you just have an overactive fight or flight response. You see everything as a threat. Mm. And I'm like, I, I feel like that's a very simple explanation for what's going on. But whatever. I mean, at the base of it, though, I feel yeah. like that is, yeah, pretty much what's going on, you know? 
there's a lot going on, but that's one of the things. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a lot more happening. There's a lot happening. But, yeah. So, treatment options. The mainstay of treatment for generalized anxiety disorder is you have therapy and you have medication. You have, for medications, it's almost always an SSRI. And what those are, uh, Lexapro, Zoloft, Paxil, Prozac, plus some. Yep. There's some I'm forgetting. Sure. And then these work by their in SSRIs are serotonin reuptake inhibitors. So they I'm missing an S. I was gonna say. Selective, god damn it. Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. So what happens is so you have neuron number one sends a signal to neuron number two. All the all the serotonin gets into the synapse. And then for that signal to fire again the serotonin has to go back to neuron number one and neuron number one has to like scoop up all those serotonin molecules. But Mm. what if neuron number one had less scoopers, right? Mm. Then you have more theoretically more serotonin in the synapse that could, you know, hit those signals again for Mm. neuron number two. That is the theory behind it. And it's it's been proven to work and to reduce signs of anxiety. There was another recent article that showed that the serotonin pathway had nothing to do with anxiety or depression. <laughs> Great. Um, and and I have not actually read that article, but I did read something that a pharmacist wrote about that specific article. It was a huge meta-analysis over like multiple years. Anxiety, depression, that whole pathway is incredibly complicated. Mm. And I don't want to just say, well, this one study showed that serotonin does not affect those things. It's incredibly complicated. We don't really understand how the brain works. I would say if you're on one of these and it works, it works. Do what works. It just feels, yeah, maybe it's not that like that has nothing to do with anxiety, but maybe it just is more like this is one small aspect of anxiety. Right. And like... Yeah, you treat this, but like we said, anxiety is often just like a symptom of a bigger disorder. Something bigger or something different. Yeah, where you're not obviously able to treat the cause of the anxiety, but maybe you're treating one little aspect with the the SSRIs. It is totally, I think people can have generalized anxiety disorder. I think that is a true statement. I also think that like when you have these incredibly high statistics of like 99% percent of people with generalized anxiety disorder at some point in their life have another comorbid psychiatric condition i think we need to look into that yeah i mean the numbers are right there the numbers are you're just like almost everyone with anxiety also has another also has something else is it really just anxiety so why aren't we looking at the other disorders (laughs) god here we go again i'm sorry So, we just get each other so worked up i get so heated about this topic i do too just like I get so upset. Me too. So the other thing is therapy. And from the medical research, what has been the most studied is cognitive behavioral therapy. CBT has been the most studied, found to be the most helpful form of therapy for generalized anxiety disorder. That doesn't mean that that works for everybody. Hmm. Um, There are other types of therapies that, Grace, I feel like you're going to say a whole good lot you know i am um, about in just a second <laughs> just rein it in yep um, i'm waiting i'm waiting very patiently from the medically published research it has shown that cognitive behavioral therapy and is it because that's the only 
type of therapy that's been heavily studied, probably. Yep. But it's been shown to be helpful and actually reduce the symptoms of generalized generalized anxiety disorder, but also reduce the need for people to require some sort of medication for that. Hmm. I don't know a ton about CBT, but I do know that a lot of Can you explain what it is? I don't even think I understand what it is. (laughs) Let me look it up because I was looking into the difference between CBT and like traditional talk therapy because I know that a lot of neurodivergent people have a lot of like valid complaints about CBT. Yeah. So. And and I was under the understanding of CBT was talk therapy, but I was corrected and I appreciate it. Yeah. It's a form of talk therapy. My understanding is like you go, you sit and you talk about your feelings why these certain patterns are happening. Mm. Yeah, it's essentially like getting to the root of the patterns of your behaviors or your thought patterns versus just kind of like talking through your problems like you would with just regular talk therapy. All right, so this says CBT is a treatment modality introduced by Aaron Beck, a psychiatrist in the 1960s. It's a combination of two different strategies, behavioral therapy and psychotherapy. The object of CBT is to approach therapy as a problem-solving exercise. When you work with a therapist who employs CBT, you are trying to understand your thinking and behavioral patterns, specifically addressing cognitive issues such as your personal beliefs, your thoughts, and your attitude. See that wording right there already. I'm like, I'm really turned off by that. So it says like, what makes CBT a powerful treatment tool is it addresses core issues that you hold about yourself. So what a lot of the complaints from the neurodivergent community are about CBT is that it kind of like borders on like toxic positivity and kind of like gaslighting about your problems and kind of like, essentially like when people try to use just positive affirmations to like get over their negative thinking patterns without addressing what caused the negative thinking patterns and without like validating that those are legitimate, you know, because a lot of us, especially if you have ADHD or autism and you grew up in this society that like kind of hates us and is like mean to us, a lot of your like anxieties and your like negative thought patterns, while they may not be true in your everyday life all the time, a lot of them were based in reality of you were like we've talked about, you were rejected in this specific situation. So now you're anxious about that situation because you have a real life experience of being rejected and i've just heard that cbt kind of like minimizes your real life experiences and almost kind of does that toxic positivity thing or that like kind of like the law of attraction toxic spirituality thing where it's like you create your own reality Mm -hmm. and your negative thoughts or your thoughts create your reality and And it kind of becomes like a lot of like almost personal blame some people say it feels like like so when you say toxic positivity you're thinking like when people are like well have you tried just like not being so anxious yeah and you're like just yeah no shit i've been trying or have you tried just trying to focus really hard and you're like yeah of course what do you fucking think i've been doing this whole time yeah just like not wanting to talk about or focus on the negative and just wanting to like ignore all the problems and use this positivity so yeah essentially like and you know that's not to say that cbt is not helpful i'm sure it's helpful for tons of people right it's been proven it's been studied that it's been helpful yes and i'm sure and and lots of people go through it and lots of people you know reap the benefits of it It's not for everybody. Yes. And people are kind of starting to look at it in a similar way as people started to look at like ABA therapy, like they use for autistic children, is that this might just be, yeah, like surpassing 
the actual like human, you know, and their like thoughts and needs and just kind of trying to create these like new, more positive, like thought patterns and right. uh, something that fits better into society. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So it's better for society if you weren't so sad and anxious. So stop. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I have never done it personally. That's not my personal feeling. If you guys are, if you have different thoughts on it, let us know. Cause I'm, you know, would be yeah. interested to hear if, if neurodivergent people have found success with it, but that's just, those are just a lot of the complaints that I've heard people talking about on TikTok where it just feels kind of like dismissive of our very real valid, you know, thoughts and experiences and fears. Maybe we can do a whole episode on CBT. CBT. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, But what are some non-CBT therapies? Yes. So, and I'm going to do an episode about like the vagus nerve and your nervous system and how to calm your nervous system when, when you're in fight or flight. So that's pretty much what I'm talking about here. But like I've talked about, somatic therapies, those body-based therapies, body-based body-based can also help you, especially if you're like you know having an anxiety attack or when you're having that level of anxiety, you are in fight or flight. It is you know your nervous system is activated, so you're not just gonna like think positive thoughts and feel better. You know you're having a physiological reaction in your body. So in those situations people find it helpful to do a body-based therapy to like get you into your body and connect you to your body and then calm your body physically, you know, because yeah, you can't just like think your way out of anxiety. Thinking is what got us here in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) So started the whole thing. Yeah, that's the whole thing. So things like, you know, movement therapy, tapping, yoga, uh, EMDR, even things like uh, cold showers that I've talked about before that Kristen will fight me on, but I, they've been I shown time never. and time again to help I'm, so much with anxiety. I'm sure it does. Oh, I'm sure it does. You know what? I'll take the anxiety. Happiness. <laughs> cold shower? Yes. Oh, my God. 20 seconds. 15 seconds. Can I put it on warm after? Yes. I mean, they like ideally, no, but I do because it's better than nothing, you know? Like ideally, you're supposed to take the cold shower like end it with a cold shower, get out and then let your body like naturally warm up, but also try to not shiver as much as you can because we are training, you're teaching your body to not have such a big reaction to discomfort essentially, you know, uh, of like where you're able to handle cold I better handle cold. without like shaking. There's no way. Yeah. I'm bad at handling cold too, which is why I'm doing the cold showers and it does help me. It does make me feel better after I just do a blast of it for like 20 seconds. And I make it really, really hot right beforehand, almost to the point where I'm like, wow, it's too hot in here. So then yeah. I welcome the coldness. There's a little pro tip for you right there. Are you wearing two, two different socks? Yeah. But they're two different thicknesses. How do you No, walk? they're the same thickness. They're the same they're like type two of... different... They're the same thickness. They're one's, the same... one's got a... They're different thread counts. Are you counting the threads? I'm, no, I, they're I, the same type of sock. They got the same tops. They got the same stripey fabric. It's just different colors. I don't Don't worry it. about the thickness of my socks. I'm wildly upset right now. All right. It well, just looks like you're wearing two different I I whatever. Your socks don't have to match, but they have to be the same. They're like, the same sock. Consistency of socks. I sock. have the same sock values as you, and I agree. They do need to be the same. We're taking a poll question. They Can need- you wear mismatching socks, not just in color, but in sock thickness? 
Yeah. Like, could you wear a running sock and a wool sock? No. Absolutely God, no. not. Blasphemy. You're crazy. Also, like, what weather pattern are you dressing for? I know. You never know. Always good to be prepared. Um. All right. With, uh, with that, we're at the end of our episode. We are. <laughs> and thank God for that. Are you ready for the bus? <laughs> well, let's let's say let's wind it down yeah. first. You yeah. know, the horse train so, has reached the stage. Yes. The horse train safe at its stage it's in the station it's a little upset yeah it's worked up it's all worked up probably needs like a hot tea and a cold compress a cold shower yeah that'll help some tapping yep tap dancing or but we're in the tapping. station we're all ready good. to take our horseshoes off yep <laughs> your horseshoes the yeah the horse, horse do they shoes. take their horseshoes off no i think they wear them for a while yeah i think they're like on they're there, like right? nailed in there yeah so if you know anything <laughs> about horses please email us at weirds of a feather at gmail.com for two people who have a running joke about horse trains <laughs> we don't know anything about horses I, I or feel trains like before we write our horse train meet cute rom-com yeah we need to do some more horse research we need and some, train research. Yeah, we need some real lived experiences. I know nothing about trains. Should we do a cross-country train trip this summer? Absolutely. Shall we, shall I would we love take a to. little drive? The last time I was on a train, it hit almost. I know you did. So maybe we should change change that memory. I'd like to change my affiliation with trains. Yeah, but I can't promise that because who knows what's going to happen on a train. That's the thing about them. You know, you never know who you're going to hit or what's going to happen. <laughs> so traumatic it's so traumatic. those poor train drivers those poor train drivers that poor man anyway anyway <laughs> let's get into the bot i got a great bot okay well first we're gonna say goodbye remember because we oh, fade out on the bot God. every let's, time you focus this has been an episode of Wings of a Feather. And boy, what an episode it is. What been. an episode it was i hope you're not too anxious i hope you learned something yeah i hope you intend to stick around for our many multiple parts that Please. will come out in, you know, sometime whenever they decide to come out. Yep. They have a mind of their own. Yep. We have no control over yep. it. We enjoyed this episode. You enjoyed this episode. And so we're going to say thanks for listening. Find us on all the socials. You know the deal. Follow us and write us a review and blah, blah, blah. And that's it for today. And now, yes, Kristen, please give us, give us that bod. Are you ready for my bod? I want your bod. Oh. Uh, today's bod, bird of the day, is the great Putu. Um, <laughs> besides the fact of having like one of the best bird names. Absolutely. This bird is found in Central and South America. And <laughs> its most well-known characteristic is its unique moaning growl. Mm. That and it's a nighttime bird, so at night you're like in the jungle, and then you hear this weird growl, and a lot of people call it unsettling. It sounds unsettling. Yes, um, I like how you called it a nighttime bird instead of a nocturnal <laughs> bird. <laughs> it's like a nighttime. Bird. <laughs> What's that? It's a bird at night. It's a bird at night. I think this is the right one. Don't all birds become nighttime birds at night? Or <laughs> another poll question <laughs> what qualifies an I'll, I'll repeat that phrase if you lost your voice what qualifies a nighttime bird i don't know if anyone's gonna have the answer to that because that's just something that you said i'll have to rephrase it into a form of a poll okay but are you ready to hear 
the great sound of the great Putu. I really am. I'm excited. Okay. For all of you who want to go through the show note links, the sound starts at two minutes and 12 seconds. Yeah, you can play along. Maybe, I don't know if this is too much to ask, but if you guys want to play along with this game, you could always make a voice recording of you also trying to do the the bod along with us. You I know? would send it over to us. You could send it. You could make an Instagram story and tag us. Yep. That would yeah. be great. Yeah. I'd love to hear your bod. Yeah. We want your bods. We want your bods.